Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we're chatting with Giuseppe Grammatico. Uh, Stephen Hibbert also joined me on this episode because we were talking about franchising, and that's something that uh, Stephen's looking into for his mom, and uh, he just always brings a another perspective to this podcast that I don't bring by myself. But if you guys want to have really cool people reaching out to talk to you, start a podcast. My goodness. Uh, it's so fun. The people I get to talk to as a result of having this show. And Giuseppe is another one that I just loved chatting with about how to start a franchise. Uh, he talked about the different models of franchising. Um, his awesome story of how he bought two franchises and sold them 13 years later and now consults people on how to start a franchise. And he's totally free to talk to because he gets paid from the franchise companies that are looking for franchise owners. So feel free to set up a call with him. Go to um, ggthefranchiseguide.com. It's for his uh, initials, ggthefranchiseguide.com. You can learn more about him, get his book. He's got a podcast as well. But we learned a ton today about uh, just the different types of opportunities, how you can have almost a completely hands-off type of model that some franchise companies offer for owners where you can have a management company kind of run everything for you. Uh, so depending on what you're looking for, he takes you through a process of what are your goals? What, how much hours do you, how many hours do you want to invest in this? How much money do you have to invest? And there's financing for that as well. If you don't want to put all the money up front, but this is just a fantastic episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. Here it is. Giuseppe, welcome to Streams of Income. Good to meet Thanks. you. Thanks, guy. Thanks for having me. Really excited. This is so fun. I love. Um, so I, uh, you've probably been on lots of episodes now with because you have somebody reaching out. Um, I don't typically uh, say yes to like just random emails that come to me from people looking for. But man, I've been starting to say yes more and more because the the guests have been fantastic. I look at the you know the one sheets that you know folks are sending me like this is perfect. So. Now you're making thank, me nervous. Thank, you know, thank you for having too high. No, 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 this is all good. Thanks <laughs> for having Val reach out. Um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, this is perfect. It. We've we've talked about uh, so Giuseppe. I used to, I just had a, an exit um, back in May. I, I taught people how to make money on Amazon specifically. I had a membership community for six years, um, but I know that most people who start Amazon businesses, for example, that's not the end all be all. They want to do. They want to be business owners. An Amazon business typically is one that you're inside the mix of it. Like you, it's your business, but it is your bit. You, you run out everything. Right. Um, now people are outsourcing and, and moving towards that using prep centers, but I love what you're about to talk about, which is that you can, you can own a business, but not run it uh, if right. you want to set it up that way. So it's just fun to have interviews with folks that were helping people think like, you know, I don't have to, be in the mix of my business every day. Right. I can still own it as an asset and it makes income for me. So fun. I'm excited. So thank you for having her reach out to me. Um, tell, tell us your story. I want to hear how you got to where you are now and what you're doing. Yeah. So we were talking before the show of our trips to Europe. So my uh, family's from Italy. So I'm, I'm first generation, um, learned English at the age of six oh, wow. and, uh, grew up in the Italian restaurant, uh, business. And, um, uh, I was since, uh, Wow, worked there for maybe twenty years growing up and saving for my first uh, car. Where was Loved that? At? The business, 
What's that? Where, what town or what city was that in? in? Uh, Somerset, New Jersey. So okay. we uh, grew up, grew up in that business, right in the heart of uh, New Jersey and um, love the business and the food, but just didn't like the, uh, the hours you work nights, weekends, yes. holidays, the complete opposite of a nine to five job. Right. And um, I said, you know what, there's gotta be something else. My parents never went to college, never had the opportunity. So I went to college. I went to, got my undergrad, got my graduate degree worked for companies like JP Morgan, Alliance Bernstein, uh, made some good money, but I just, I wasn't happy. I wasn't, you know, long, long commute was about uh, five hours from New Jersey, uh, a round Ooh. trip, round trip, uh, five hours door to door. I didn't like the job. Money was good. Didn't feel like there was a future. So like everyone else, uh, spoke with executive recruiters, interviewed and came to the same conclusion. Mm. Yeah, this isn't for me. So <laughs> I said, you know, I like business ownership. Maybe I'm just looking at the wrong industry. So looked at a few businesses, reached out to a, a franchise coach, is which is what I do today, cool. and said, how about franchising? You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You run with the system. And that was in 06. We had that conversation. And in 07, I didn't buy just one, but I bought two franchises uh, that I exited uh, out uh, 2020, uh, nice. those businesses, looking for the next venture and decided along the way I can coach and help people. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe not make some of the mistakes that I made over the years. And that's what I do. We help people kind of like a matchmaker for franchising, helping them find uh, some great opportunities. What were the, can you, are you at liberty to say what, the, what uh, industry those two franchises were in that you bought and sold? Yeah. The industries were uh, building service and uh, commercial cleaning. So we did nice. that, uh, you know, we specialized, did a lot in healthcare, um, okay. you know, when basically a necessity business. So we, uh, yeah. There was there was always surgeries happening regardless of the economy, so we decided to double down on on healthcare. So, wow! Did you when and you di- owned dialysis, those businesses? Yeah. Were you in the business working in it? The 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 first month, so everyone does it a little bit differently, and this is purely by choice, and um, also because I was 27 years old and didn't have a lot of fun. So, first month, I did everything. I yes. literally did everything and I'm not, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say that, but yeah. I did calls, I did inspections, I cleaned toilets the first month. Yeah. Um, coming from Wall Street. Now, you know, I'm I'm looking at my wife saying I'm cleaning toilets, but it was it was really the best experience that no one else could teach me because you gained an yes. appreciation, you gained uh, exactly how things work and you and you and you gain some respect when you're teaching other people. But that was just the, the first month from there. We, uh, you know, we brought on contractors that were doing a, a lot of the work and uh, the rest was history. It was a wow. great necessity business for the most part. Yeah. Did you go into those businesses thinking that you would exit one day? Yeah. I, I, yeah. That, that was actually um, it's a funny story. I signed the uh, the check, shook the franchisor's hand and he goes, any questions? And I said, how, how do I sell this thing? And he looked <laughs> at me. He almost gave me the, the check back. And I said, I don't mean it. I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean, how do I, you know, how, wh- what's, what's the, the multiple, like, how do I actually sell it? Uh, I had a 20 year agreement and he's like, well, you could sell it at any point, but, um, you know, this is potentially the, the multiples and things like that. So I had a 10 year plan and we ended up, uh, at, at year 13, we had a, another larger company approach us and they, uh, they bought our, uh, essentially bought the business. So that was at 27. You bought that franchise. Uh, 27. Yeah, I think 27. How old was that guy that was <laughs> handing you that check? That I handed the check to, uh, was about 10 years older than me. So, uh, that oh. started the franchise. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, I, I was so nervous that day I signed it in the wrong spot. I actually, <laughs> I signed it where you're supposed to write the amount 
And I was just, I was like, you know, it's biggest <laughs> aside from buying a home. So I tell these stories because it's normal. People think yeah. it's like, well, you, you're calm, cool, collected. I, I was very nervous and, uh, but it worked out, you know, it was a, something, a really good learning experience. And it got to me, it got me to where I am today. So, yeah, I think even sharing those experiences of like you were hands-on getting started. I think people think, oh, franchise, I use the money. I don't have to do it. It's like everybody's story is a little different, but I appreciate the, the authenticity of what you were going through. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious though, to ask, um, one of the first houses that I bought, I did a very similar thing. I got actually cash back at the time because the okay. market was different. But I, I, I told them how to, <laughs> what's the best way to sell right. this property? And they they almost nuts. stopped the deal. There, yeah. <laughs> but it's true. It's important. But that was just top of mind. And I blurted it out. Looking back, maybe I should have waited. But, you know, I, I was excited. <laughs> You're excited. You're just like, I got an idea. I got now what's right. the ne- now this step is done. What's the next? Now I need to go to the I, next step. I think the franchisor thought I was going to sell the next day. So I th- I th- I'm sure he was probably nervous. Hopefully the check cleared. So Yeah, the bank was nervous because it was right? a owner. F- uh, I bought it as a owner, not yeah. as a rental property. So they were like, you have to yeah. hold it for a year. Like you can't just buy right. it. I was like, oh, I know that. But like right. now I want to learn this part of it. But it's good. I like, I like these stories. I, you know, it means a lot because you think everyone's perfect. Oh, they just they started a business and they made money and they sold it. But like, what happened in between? Yeah, so it's not like no, that. <laughs> no, no, more yeah. mistakes. Uh, more mistakes than anything else. But you learn from them. So you don't need to tell me the numbers. But I'm curious, like the amount of money you paid for the business versus how much you sold it for. What's that uh, that multiple there, or how much yeah, you return on your money? Yeah, this was a little different. We were a, a master franchise where we had kind of franchisees. Um, Kind of working under you, you buy a region essentially. Uh, this okay. is how it originally started. Yeah. Um, so you buy a, you buy a territory from the franchise company, but yeah. at the end at the end of the day, we sold for three x uh, three uh, three times uh, earnings, which was wow. pretty standard at our volume. Once mm-hmm. we hit um, certain volume numbers, then that mm-hmm. that went to a four to five x. So the so the company I believe that bought us out bought ten or eleven building service companies in the area, wow. tried to mm-hmm. area, and I think. The goal was eventually. Uh, I think the goal was, you know, to sell for a higher multiple. Yeah. Was that a private equity firm that came in, or just another company trying to sell to a private equity? You think? Uh, another another company. They, they were not private equity, so uh, they just uh, happened to have family in that business, and they were just gobbling up all the uh, all the building service companies. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So very 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 interesting. It just happened. It just kind of it just you know it was on, on the list of companies, and we got the call. So nice. That's yeah, so pretty interesting. Cool. How did you have the at 27 years old buying a franchise? How did you have the forethought like someday I'm going to sell this thing? Like you just get in. Most people think I, you know, I bought myself a job. This is going to be what I'm doing for the next 20 years. But you were right. thinking exit right away. That's amazing. I, I thought exit because I'm like, okay, I'm growing something. So a lot of people look at, well, if I make 200 on my job, I want to make 200 in the business. And I go, those are two completely different things. So there's a lot of mindset, right? It's what, what's the tax, you know, 200,000 a business, you're taking home a lot more due to the tax advantages. Yep. Um, but then people, people fail to realize, well, I can sell this for a million bucks or 5 million or whatever, whatever the multiple is and, and what you're taking out and yeah. the factors that affect that. Right? Are you full time in the business? Are you part time? What does that look like? So I factored that into the equation. And the one advantage I had over most people, or maybe not most people, but many people, is that I had five hours to think about this on the bus. So I, I ran numbers <laughs> and pro formas and 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 what I'm going to do. So that's kind of 
that's kind of where I was at. You know, how, how can I actually sell it? You this? thought that and, commute was a negative, but you saw yeah, it as a positive. Yeah, I, okay. it, it, well, I had to spin it. I had to spin it. But the, the way I looked at it was my, my goal was to sell it for a multiple, reinvest some back into the stock market, you know, get, get back into business, which right now I'm a, I'm a solopreneur. Uh, looking for uh, potentially the next next franchise, but I wanted to have certain things and diversify, you know, between multiple businesses, some real estate, the stock market. So I wanted to be kind of have multiple vehicles working for me, given you know who wow. knows what the future is going to bring. So, mm. Mm. How, when so with your consulting business that you have, how did that get born? That got born literally the day I bought the franchise, um, or actually during the process where I'm like, wow, I, I can see myself doing this. Um, and I had worked with a great coach at the time. And I said, you know what? I could see myself doing this and, and I can see ways of doing it a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit better where I yeah. can add a lot more from my experiences from owning businesses, some of the mistakes. So I bring that in. I look at different angles. I do a lot of education and I allow the, the, you know, the candidates and the families we work with to make those decisions like, hey, did you know you can keep your job and have a business? Or did, did you know that you can have a semi-passive franchise and not even, you know, and be involved a handful of hours a month, yeah. uh, similar to the hotel concept where they have a management company, you can have the same thing in the franchise space. And yeah. nine out of 10 people say, no, I didn't know that. Nine out of 10 people don't even know a franchise consultant exists. So, it's really fun and uh, we don't charge. We, we get paid from the franchise companies. So there's no no fee to them. And then they're like, all right, yeah, where, where do I sign up for uh, at least an initial call? Right. So yes, that's so fun. It's called Franchise Freedom. That's the name of the uh, the book and the cool. name of the podcast is Franchise Freedom. Yep. Okay. Awesome. I want to, and they, people can go to franchisefreedom.com or actually uh, my, my website. So it's my initials, ggthefranchiseguide.com. And you got the uh, webinar, the book, and the podcast. And uh, it's if you're audio podcast, if you're visual, watch the the workshop. And if you're uh, like to read, you can read the book. It all kind of touches on similar Perfect. areas. So it's ggthefranchiseguide.com. Okay, right. I'm on there right now, just checking out. It looks awesome. Cool. That's What's the that? old site? New site will be launching soon. So yeah, nice, nice. Do you um? So I I love to eat. I don't know about you, Giuseppe, but like you, you mentioned oh, yeah. Italian restaurant business. I thought, man, it'd be so cool to own a restaurant. I know that's probably the worst franchise to have, but it'd be so fun to walk in like the owner's here. I want I want that and that and that. <laughs> you know, it, it's I, I love the business and I love to eat. That's why I angle the camera up th this high because uh, <laughs> got a few extra pounds to uh, to lose. But yeah. the uh, I, I I tell people. You know, you have options. Most people think franchising. They think of, of food and restaurants because sure. they drive by it every day. But yeah, there's franchises and dog waste removal, business coaching. Believe it or not, eyelash extensions. Um, <laughs> you know, any 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 business you can think of. There's four thousand franchise companies, seventy five um, wow. industries, and I tell people. If you take, if you reverse engineer anything you do in life, any decision, franchise or not, just any decision, if you go back to what you were looking to accomplish and what you want the business to look like, you will find yeah. a franchise. Mm -hmm. So what, what most people do is they they drive by a popular food franchise and say, yeah, I see the line at the door. There's su such a high demand. They make a ton of money. Guess what, guys? A, a line at the door means absolutely nothing. And I can tell you that from owning a fr uh, uh, <laughs> owning a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, are you making money? You know, there, there may be demand and you, you have a lot of people out there, but are you actually making a profit? So right. my, my job is to educate people to say, 
if your goal ultimately if you had a you know if you could pick five employees or less or something much larger yeah most people come back and say i want a small team and that's the complete opposite of a restaurant so we <laughs> we explore um, re restoration franchises mm. you know they start out with a team of three and they look at what they can bill uh yeah. you know the the insurance companies and how large the jobs are when you're dealing with black mold and yeah. biohazard cleanup and crime scene cleanup and things like that and they're like wow I don't need brick and mortar, which is going to cost me a lot of money. I do not need a team of 20 people uh, when I uh, open up. I don't need to hire another 20 when I open up my second restaurant. Right. In service and restoration, you start off with a team of three and then you add as needed. Yes. So uh, they're blown away. They're like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that existed. So it's really yeah. my job to open them up to the possibility of what's out there. Are there any, um, I don't know what to say this other than like vertical integration yeah. franchise opportunities. Like if you have a core business, that's real estate agent, is there a franchise opportunity for you to buy high or low? Like maybe the sign people that are putting stuff in is that like an opportunity to buy a franchise that helps your business. Or do you help people with that also? Well, when you, I'll, I'll answer this way. And, and, and if I didn't answer completely, let me know. So when you, when you buy, we'll, we'll look at one of the, biggest kind of booming areas right now in franchising and it's home services. It's cleaning, it's painting, it's coding businesses, it's roofing, siding, all, all that, any, anything involved with the home. When someone looks to buy a franchise, they say, okay, I am in Miami, Florida. I'm going to buy a roofing business. It's taking a step back. Who's your, who's your customers? Homeowners. So when you go to expand your business, either you do that initially or you do it later, you can you can grow we call it horizontally with additional territory if it's available mm -hmm. so i got i got i know this business i'm in miami i'm gonna look to expand it to i don't know my, florida well tampa clearwater <laughs> and orlando whatever's next to it yeah. so we'll just name a bunch of random uh, cities in florida so i can keep my investment lower know my core business there's no training additional training needed and just grow with zip codes Yes. Or I can grow vertically. It's called franchise stacking or vertical e expansion. Sometimes people are forced in that way when the area around them is sold. And when you're in the roofing business, they go, okay, now I'm going to add a painting concept initially or a cleaning or landscaping. Initially, that's going to cost you more money because you're in a new business. Uh, but long term, you'll save money via uh, acquiring your customers because you already have 200 customers you did roofing for now you're offering painting now you're offering cleaning and all mm. these others so it's really um an upsell when it comes to that so there, there's two ways yeah. to expand it, and most people pick one and end up doing both depending on the availability in their market okay. interesting how does that work okay. real quick just take a quick quick example let's say it's a it's a janitorial type business and it's already got a a big name um that you're buying into and then you want to go the franchise stacking but you're does that could that ever work if it or do you have to be more independent like it's it's not the the main janitorial service that I just bought this territory of do, do I have to be Ryan's janitorial service under is right. that makes is it make sense what I'm asking Yeah so well first off you know you don't have to it doesn't have to complement right So I have I have guys that bought a um a coaching business and their next is a painting business there's no okay. no correlation so Correct. I don't want you to think you're you have to go that route. Right. Um, when you deal with a larger parent company that has, for example, ten different um, categories, ten different brands, the advantage there is that you can start with roofing and then painting and still so utilize. You'd be under the same brand still. Right. 
But if Got you it. go outside, if it's just an, a standalone, like we have a brand that's a coating business, they restore your siding, um, your cabinets, your roofing, and it is not part of a parent company, you can add on another home service brand oh, outside cool. as long as they're not competing directly because you right. wouldn't want that anyway. Sure. Okay. That makes sense to that? Yes, it does make okay. sense. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, so you said you consult people through the process. So give me an example. Let's say, I mean, almost kind of like role-playing here. Um, let's say I'm working a full-time job, been intrigued with owning my own business, don't want to start my own, would rather do the franchise. I'm kind of already kind of maybe set on that or exploring that. Um, what's the, What are the questions that you ask to get people to, I know you said, what's your goal? So for me, it's like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to work 80 hours a week. I want it to be, you said semi-passive. That sounds amazing. So walk me through an example of a semi-passive type opportunity. Yeah. So we, we spent a lot of time on, on the role and, you know, kind of the average day. And that's where I think a lot of people ignore that. They're like, I like this, I like this opportunity, but I got to work nights and weekends. I'll suck it up because I, I like it. And I, I tell people, you don't have to do that. We can really get specific. Semi-passive um, opportunities are, are for the individual looking at this. It, it was built out of demand a few years ago. Um, there, it's, a, it's a small pool of, of companies that offer this option. And really what it is, it's for someone that wants an investment and they want to get outside of uh, Wall Street. So maybe they have all their money in tied up in the stock market. They want an alternative. They don't want to get maybe into real estate or maybe they have some there. So really th these opportunities are built on number one, you know, putting in, you know, maybe uh, two to four hours a month. So just say an hour a month via Zoom wow. uh, where you're kind of, um, you know, you're still the owner, hundred percent owner, and you're overseeing yeah. it, making yeah. sure that you interview the manager, making big and, and okay final decisions. Uh -huh. And what they're doing is the management company is essentially charging you a flat uh, percentage, almost like an additional royalty on revenue. So okay. no upfront costs, it's just on the revenue. And what they'll do is they'll run the day-to-day -day for you so you can do whatever you, you prefer doing. So yes, it's not done for free, but it's also allowing you to to work the business. Perfect. Say, but couldn't you, you know, also like, um, could you also make it semi-passive if you had one that's a little bit more active Everybody else makes it active, but you just hire the right team, mm -hmm. put them in place, and then you can make it semi-passive. Yeah. So, so with that particular business model, that that is an option. So there's really there's there's three options. There's the owner operator, which means full time. You know, the franchise company wants you to be involved for, full time at least for the first three to six months to learn the business. Mm -hmm. The second, the, the the extreme end, the, the the third option, and I'll mention the middle is a semi-passive, still still pretty new minimal involvement. That's really, that's it. I want returns. I want to own a business and I yeah. want a management company. Yeah. And then the the sweet spot, which is a majority of, of the interest we, we get is we call it semi absentee, which basically means part-time. It's not full-time. Uh, what are the hours? The hours can range. We we've heard, you know, basically if we consider 40 hours full-time, then, then semi absentee could be 10 to 20 hours in that range. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, keep keeping in mind, my job is to set the record straight and just say any new business is going to require a lot of a uh, lot of uh, sure. time. Yeah, you didn't me mention full passive yeah. <laughs> at any point. <laughs> There's no full passive. There's no. Uh, that's really the stock market, right? Set it in, set it and forget it, as Ron Popeil would say. Um, it's really semi absentee. Is really it's it's manager driven. So you go in, learn the business, go to training with your general manager. Your general manager runs the day to day. So how how does it become? Uh, semi-absentee that 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 kind of middle range 
And it's it's very simple. They have a number one, the franchise company allows it and has a training program to help train and find that general manager. Nice. Number two is on you. You you need to make sure that that agreement with the manager, there's uh you're not a bottleneck, right? So if you have a job and they have to and you have to okay every decision from the manager, that's not gonna work. So you need to empower that manager. Give them some uh, phantom equity where they're getting a, a cut of the profits without getting underlying equity in the business. And then lastly, support. What does the franchise company do for you? And a lot of these home service concepts, you don't even need an office because at their home office, they have a call center built for you. They have a, they have a marketing team built um, directly at the headquarters. So the marketing um, company for a fee will generate all your leads. Your leads don't go to you because you're busy doing other stuff. Your leads go to the call center. The mm. call center qualifies. In some cases, they'll schedule. Some cases, they'll take payment. In some cases, they'll upsell if you have multiple revenue streams. Yeah. And they will take that off your plate. So less people to manage. You know, Instead of needing a staff of 10 in an office, you need a staff of three and, and can work from your home because your employees or your contractors are going directly to the customers, which are just say the homeowner in the uh, you know residential uh, service space. So um, it, it so it allows people a, a way to scale relatively quickly. Okay. I always tell people, you know, a lot of the brands may offer all three: full time, semi absentee, and semi passive. Mm-hmm. Run some pro formas. You know, look look at what the numbers look like. Yeah. Make sure you factor in a manager salary versus you leaving a job and running the business on your own. Yeah. So when you have these models. You can figure out what the break evens are, how quickly you want to scale. There's no, there's no right or wrong. It's really, yeah. it's, it's about whatever you're most comfortable with. That's cool. Can you give us some examples of numbers? What it might, and I know it varies from industry to industry. Like how much you might have to invest in a franchise, and if you picked model number two, you should be able to make approximately this much. Um, yeah, se- semi-passive, which is relatively new, um, with some of the models that we work with, they require you to buy an entire market. So you can easily spend, you know, two, three hundred thousand plus because you're buying an entire city or market. Yep. Uh, I always tell people as a range, if you're looking at um, the sweet so- sweet spot of home service businesses, semi-absentee, you know, you're looking at, you know, just say the one hundred to two hundred thousand range is just a yep. rough, rough all-in investment. Um, you know, and that's based off of franchise fee, um, the, uh, your involvement, the salary of the um, of the general manager, and if, for example, restoration, you need vehicles and equipment, coaching, uh, you don't need any equipment, you need uh, essentially training, and you're off to the races pr- relatively quickly. So, very loose ranges. They, they vary by market, and it also varies based off of if you need an office or warehouse to get started versus others where you're like, you know what start working from home, maybe get a storage unit. And then once you expand, you can get that flex space with office and warehouse. That's good. And you got funding options. That's a whole nother um, conversation, but you don't need to come up with this. These these investment sizes are not upfront. It's it's essentially franchise fee and working capital for the first three to six months. So it's all in SBA loans. I mean, you're you're maybe looking at 30, 20 to 30% down. You can utilize retirement money if you qualify, um, security-backed wow. loans, a loan on your own, non-retirement investment. Wow. So there are numerous options to, to fund these projects. Wow. Hmm. I said it all. I get excited, no, and I just, I just 
I go on a question. Well, it's more like very use cases now. What I'm thinking is like personally, but I'm always trying to think about your audience. Um, But I, I really like the idea of you even getting like multiple franchises. It does seem like you can have multiple of these. So it's not just like, Oh, I can only pick the perfect one. If it doesn't work out, then I'm stuck in this. It, it does. It feels like there's a bunch of freedom and having the support of the franchisor of like their call center that there, there just must be like hundreds of different situations and options. And I think working with somebody with you to just go like, here's my situation. This is what I think. What would you suggest for me in this? And how do I move forward with that's why it's like hard for me to ask a question. That's not very like, well, I, I want this very specific thing. What would you suggest just for me? You can ask him. Okay. So we have an agency okay. that we're growing. It's mostly marketing right now. I'm just trying to, in my own head, think like mm-hmm. what other opportunities are for us to buy a franchise because are there non-competes because we can't really buy into a franchise that has like a marketing agency because we already have that but what franchise opportunities are there for us for this marketing agency that you would suggest that's that's a that's a good question um yes you, you i mean first off you never want to compete right because there's a conflict and and there's a certain way of doing business with the with the franchise or itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I there's two ways to look at it. It's like h- how do I implement marketing, or it's like all right, who who is your primary customer? Is it a small business? You know what what size company is it? If you don't mind me asking, I'm not sure if we have that set up quite like that because we have some managers that go after different industries. The mm-hmm. next piece that we're adding on is real estate, and we're going after brokers like brokerages. Um, I don't know if we have a revenue target for but a company that's large enough to pay for outside staffing or services for their agencies is just kind of currently where we're at with that okay re- re- reason i ask is i i look at it two ways it's like how can i complement i have a painting service and now i want to uh, do the roof or in your case who who is the um you, you, it's b2b right you're dealing with other businesses so in the B2B space, it really opens up those those conversations if, if the relationships are there. What else can be done in, in the B2B space? So it could be ideas, and this is not an exact correlation, but there's definitely no overlap. There's things such as not not big business consulting, but actual business coaching, where you're, you're able to work uh, on joint ventures yep. throughout the entire country. So regardless of where you are, you can work the entire country and work with other coaches, working with small business, not just help them with marketing, but help them in six core disciplines that, that the specific brand could help in. Interesting. Um, along those same lines, there's expense reduction. So kind of taking one of the, or a part of one of those six disciplines, there's a franchise that just helps with saying, we will help you cut your expenses. It costs you nothing up front, and we will cut, we will uh, essentially split the savings with you. You know, oh, wow. 50, 50, 60, 40, whatever, whatever the split is. So again, has nothing to do with marketing, but it's going to your customer base and, and offering kind of a different and service, completely different yeah. of, of marketing. Uh, there's outsourced bookkeeping services. Hey, we're dealing with marketing, but you know, we can help you with bookkeeping. Did you know that there's a franchise that deals with, with, um, uh, bookkeeping services? So wow. that's the angle I would look at it specifically with marketing. A lot of the franchise companies we work with in the home service space are actual online marketing engines we call them that and sales organizations that happen to be and then subcontract removal (laughs) space so it's kind of 
you know, you peel back the onion, we have a marketing company that happens to be in the mosquito spraying space. So mm-hmm. that's where they excel at. It's the um, getting the lead, closing them, you know, becoming a customer, and they can essentially replicate that over and over again in different modalities. And that's in the different mm-hmm. services they offer the homeowner. So if the, okay, say in this space of um, home services, if okay. we had an agency that was supplying something where they'd need some ongoing virtual assistant, mm-hmm. is there a way to look at a franchise that goes, hey, this, if we purchase into this franchise, all of these customers could also be customers for our, our marketing business. Is that a thing that franchises would look at and go like, we don't want to do that because then you're just siphoning off additional customers into your own business? Yeah, I mean, the, the it's a question to be had directly with the franchisor. For, okay. if, if there's any not certain, it's always good to get it in writing or, or review that part of the agreement. Um, the franchisor typically will will come back if it's if it's separate. They'll say yes, that's not a problem. But just to make this work, we would have we would prefer to have you run this core franchise business for at least six months before starting to add. And, and okay. I don't want to speak on their on their. No, behalf, I just I'm I'm but just they would thinking through what you're saying and going, is this a possibility? Because I would say like if there is a coaching or consulting any kind of business, some of those businesses might lead into some of these people want done for you Mm -hmm. services at any point. There must be a franchise that we can look at that goes like, oh, this is perfect. This coaches is helping course creators do X, Y, Z, anything. These people all need this done for you service and the marketing agency that we have will also help with all of that. This should be a good marriage of this, but I guess it does end up the franchisor or Franchise or need yep. to yeah sign off on or have that conversation, but I, I think that's maybe the way that I'll be looking at this is going. Oh, I I don't know if I've ever thought too much about buying a franchise, but if a buying a franchise leads to clients or customers into the other business that I have, I'd I'd be all for that. It's not, sometimes there's there's a bar- lower barrier to entry getting in on a certain way. Maybe the coaching is a, a cheaper way to acquire a customer, a yes. stickier customer that yes. stays on. And then saying, okay, marketing is one of the areas we can help with giving suggestion, but we're not going to actually implement the strategy. And that could be a way to refer that to the to other, business. other other business. Mm. But always, I, I tell everyone, always get run that by the franchise or just for and get it in writing. <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> just, just just to because sometimes the FDD, you know, when you read the the agreements, they they get a little confusing. So always bring that uh, bring that up. But I don't believe that that would ever be an issue. Wow. Okay. Giuseppe, we have we have a lot of VAs in the Philippines, and we love our VAs. They do tremendous work. Are there franchises that you could think of that you could run primarily using remote workers like that? That's a good question. Um, or at least part of. I mean, maybe not every step I, of the way, but a large portion of it being done with those types of folks. A lot, a lot of the brands uh, are giving you the the you're paying for you know you're paying the royalty, you're getting the support, and a lot of the stuff like the the marketing and everything is off from you. So uh, t- taken off your plate. Okay. Uh, I have talked to franchisees and where they needed a, an a, additional assistance that wasn't even offered by the franchise or was like a personal assistant. Yeah. So a personal a- assistant to jump in on some of the co- uh, calls or meetings, a personal assistant to organize the day to help with the schedule. So the franchise or may, may schedule appointments or they may just generate leads. You know, they may make the call center mm. optional. So those leads may come in and then you're, VA may be the one to actually book the appointment. So there's plenty of autonomy. Again, it's it's going to be based off the brand. But where I see a lot of opportunity with VAs, including I'm also 
uh, in the process of looking. I'm a, I'm a one man army and um, <laughs> trying to do everything on my own. It's having the, just the assistant saying, do this research for me, um, utilizing AI, chat, GPT, and all these other, you know, input this information, help me summarize it and just make me a little bit more productive. So yeah. um, a lot of brands allow it and a lot of brands are adding uh, we just had a call this morning, a, a, a company, and they're adding AI directly to their marketing and they're adding AI to their support. So you can ask the AI questions and it'll, it'll reference you right to a video. To wow. a, 10 o'clock at night in the office, the home office is closed. Yeah. Not only their training, but their support. That's awesome. So lot, lots of lots of potential options. It's really yes. you know it's a business in a box. It's a system. Um, the the value I see with the, the, a lot of the companies is it's a built-in mastermind. You know some of the brands. We just had someone go to their first meeting and there were two hundred. I think it was two hundred fifty other franchisees, mm -hmm. and some are part time, some are full time, some are from Wall Street, some are from you know manu the manufacturing space, and everyone brings a different angle, different viewpoint, um, you know, and, and ideas to the table. And on top of that. These neighbors of yours, these fellow franchisees, could be your next potential um, buyer of your business, or it uh, could be an acquisition. Um, very inexpensive way to grow your business without having to go through wow. a broker. Doesn't doesn't help our business, but I'm very honest, and uh, I'd like to tell people: if you acquire a franchise under your umbrella, if you're a Subway franchisee and you buy another one, you don't have to go to training again. So, um, and, and you avoid the broker fees if you acquire the neighbor, right? So it's easy, it's easier for everyone. So, wow. uh, so there's lots of ways to, to leverage this, this mastermind built into the, uh, to the franchise uh, companies. That's so yeah, cool. It's such a mind shift, I guess. I think you mentioned at the beginning where you like driving and you see franchises and you just assume like, oh, a restaurant is the kind of the only franchise. You don't really dig deeper into the different options. Cause even that, um, Right. franchise that you said that owns like other would you call it master franchise i made a note of it but i master fran master franchise is when you own a state and you sell franchises but that that's just as one of the examples. yeah that's a newer term to me um a friend of mine had one of those and i i didn't i didn't understand that until having more conversations with him of like what does that actually mean but he started right. with one location then he got more and then the people liked his operation how he was actually hiring the people in the staffing side of it so then he took over a i think the whole state at uh -huh. one point and he sold it off now but it's just interesting to see like I, I don't know why i think of franchises like you have to only do a restaurant and you have to be an owner operator and you have to be in that business it's almost right. just like buying a job but that's not the case and even the way that you're doing it down to like the granular level of like i can talk to you about your specific you have this business right. you don't have this much time you don't want to work at nights like there's a custom option for you is fascinating yeah. When are you available? What's what's your investment? What's your timeline? You know, we we get into that. Where where do you live? Where do you want to operate? That alone mm. is going to flush out. And more. Do you ever do backgrounds? Like, what background do you have? Are you in yeah. food services? Interesting. What? Uh, and and the I'm not so concerned about the background when it comes to industry. Sometimes no background is better than a background. Really? Um, because you are so ingrained New? in doing okay. it one way, and you're not open, <laughs> not open to the franchise or. You know, as far as their way of doing things, what's most important to, to me, uh, and I think in the match, is what is your skill set? Skill set mm. is transferable across. If you're good at sales, it doesn't matter the industry. So if you're good at B2B sales, I'm, I'm working with someone right now, B2B sales. 
Uh, he's looking at uh, expense reduction, business coaching. There's a, a concept that we have that helps uh, that does drug testing for small businesses in the area. So, you know, this is a B2B sale. So he can leverage his skill set, has zero experience in drug testing or, or even coaching, but he's able to leverage the skill set. And then the franchise companies, for the most part, will will train you from scratch. Mm-hmm. So so it's it really opens up the doors. Where the, the the point I like to drive home is that there are plenty of options, mm-hmm. but if you if you write on a piece of paper, what does the day look like? What's your skill set? You good. want a lot of employees or not? The, where are you located? Are you working from home or within you know four walls and traveling to, to an office? Mm-hmm. These little uh, we call characteristics, these requirements, not, not little, these actual requirements really help you scale you know, the, the list of franchises to a more mm-hmm. manageable amount. And, and, and I would say three, three companies uh, doing due diligence, maybe an hour or two a week with each. That's a lot of time and that's a lot to grasp. So yeah. when I give three companies that all compare and contrast with one another, you start mm-hmm. to say, I really like all three, but I really like this B2B. Let's double down in the B2B yeah. space and maybe rule the others out. And, um, you know, guys that have jobs and aren't ready to take that leap. It's not my job. to. T- I, I took the leap. Some people are not in that position or, not, or not, just not comfortable. And I'll say these are these are the brands that will allow it. You know, th- this is, you know, we'll look at a, a time frame. But remember, with the job, we could be let go at any time. So how do we create the safety net? How do we create this, this, this business? Maybe we never leave our jobs, but we have a safety net in the event we get downsized down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just gives, it gives options. It's safety. There's ways of opening up, and I'm jumping around here, but franchises, IRS uh, section 179 allows you to depreciate uh, not the whole uh, investment, but certain parts of it, like the service vehicle, the equipment, Mm -hmm. all in the same year. Yep. So someone said to me, well, if I I don't have any revenue for the year, how does that work? You can offset your W-2 income. Do you target high earners like doctors and lawyers? Because this seems like a really good opportunity for them especially being able to offload W2 tax implications. We, we, our target market is corporate executives mm. uh, that, that a lot of them have owned Airbnbs, has some mm. real estate okay. properties. What, what's, what is a corporate executive? It's someone that I define five to 10 years experience that realizes uh, their job maybe isn't the end all be all. And number two, <laughs> the, the missing piece in many cases is they have some money to invest it's not a, a no money down, um, on, on, you know, midnight infomercial. There is money that needs to. There, there, there's there's risk, and that's done intentionally. You know, it, you have to have skin in the game. You're not promising um, no investment in a million dollars. Unfortunately, not. That, that, that's the night at midnight. We're we're gonna do no money oh, down. Is that? No money down. Hundred percent returns. And uh, you know, I started in my one bedroom apartment with no money. Yeah. Now it's um, you got to pay a franchise fee, and for someone that that that's tells me that you know i don't see the value in in the in the franchise fee i'll say well this is it's a proven um roadmap it's trial and error they you know the franchisor have spent hundreds if not millions of dollars of their own money uh so either we have a bad match with franchise company or you don't um see the value in the franchise company which is fine you could do the exact same business on your own it'll Mm -hmm. absolutely you know take you longer but what we're seeing is franchisees going in. They, they have a business plan that they never acted on. They buy a franchise. Then they're like, you know, I got a franchisor motivating me. They make money when I make money. I have a coach that's assigned to me. I have systems in place. Now that I have the franchise in place, 
I go back to my, my word document, uh, you know, on my laptop and I'm like, you know what? Now I'm motivated to, to launch my non franchise business. I've seen that happen a few times. Mm. So just because you buy a franchise doesn't mean the next one has to be a franchise. You can, you can, you know, use leverage what you learn and apply that to your next business. So that's so good. Are any of these opportunities outside of the U S? Uh, we specialize U.S. and Canada. Uh-huh. So we do not, uh, we, we work with people, E2 visa candidates. We just had someone, uh, in Toronto that's looking to, uh, move to, uh, either Florida or Texas. We haven't finalized mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but, uh, we do work with people, uh, as long as they're, uh, one of the treaty countries. Okay. Uh, I did a whole show on that very complicated topic. Really? <laughs> there is franchises outside and that's, um, where master franchising comes up a lot where they're U.S. based, Canadian based. Yeah. They want to expand to Italy. Someone will buy the entire country of Italy. Wow. The rights. Interesting. And then they will find the franchisees. And essentially what they'll do is they'll, they'll buy the rights to a country. They'll find all the franchise. They'll say there's room for 50 franchisees. They'll find the 50 and then they'll yeah. split the franchise fee and they'll split the royalties. Interesting. And they'll, and they'll be their support personnel yeah. in Italy. The whole reason I brought that up, we were in, we were in the, the, um, uh, Amalfi coast area south of yeah. Naples and to get a, guy to like a, a cab a taxi um these were mostly private drivers um the hotel we were staying at had to pick up the phone and call around to all these guys's cell phones i'm like there's no uber here there's no lyft like it seems like the they didn't have it, uber out there that's yeah I, we had it in sicily i didn't realize i thought it was all, all maybe it was that section maybe just that section of the Amalfi uh-huh. coast area but people were as we were in this guy's van who's a professional driver he was taking us to the airport he got several calls like from people like are you available right now are you available right now that's such an inefficient system it's like uh so how do you keep track of that it needs to be scheduled yeah it's you know uh, it's like golly all you need is like uber or something so it's (laughs) a lot of a lot of operators i always say if you're good at something a franchise will take everything off like we've had painters i had a gentleman he's he's a he has his own business 20 years he's been a painter He's looking at a franchise and I said, well, why, why do you want to look at a franchise? He goes, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't have a CRM. I don't have a follow-up system. My billing is like, you know, he's accepting checks. He, he's finally upgraded to credit cards. And then he, and then he, he came back to me and said, if I buy this franchise, it's a big upfront uh, extra expense, but just on the painting, a uh, paint alone, what I could buy through the distributor is going to save me another uh, 10 or 20, uh, 20%, I think it was. Interesting. So he's and buying he, that system. So now he knows he he's can just- looking at the buying. Yeah. And, and, and he's got access to cheaper product. He's got access to additional vendors that he can sub out some of the work. He's wow. got access to marketing. He's got someone picking up his phone. He, his infrastructure doesn't change. He's still the guy in a truck. Except he's now driving. Supported he will by, be driving less. Yeah, he's building a network. That's so, incredible. Yeah, it's it's uh, but people sometimes can't get past the fee. So if if you are looking at franchising, if there is a fee, it's a one time fee. Yes. and you're getting that un, unfair uh, advantage from from the franchise company. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a pro and a con. It's it's really if you're looking for the system, yeah. great. If you're looking if you don't if you don't see value in the system i would say not looking at a franchise which is yeah. completely fine we should we shouldn't all own franchises so right so cool well giuseppe this has been a fantastic i know steven's got more questions so he'll probably want to stick around for a couple <laughs> minutes after we hit at the end of this but thank you for doing this and uh, this has been super fun i've learned a ton so appreciate you being on awesome thanks guys i appreciate the invite take care
see you next week.